If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, the world's top fitness, health, and entertainment podcast, we answer fitness and health questions that are asked by listeners and viewers just like you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a breakdown of the whole episode. Now, we open up with a 30-minute, 30 38-minute, excuse me, introductory portion where we talk about current events. We talk about some of our sponsors. We talk about studies. After that, we get into the questions. By the way, if you want to just fast forward to the part you want to listen to, go to mindpumppodcast.com. You can see timestamps and show notes. You can listen to all the stuff you just want to listen to. But if you have, want to have a lot of fun and absorb all the information, mm. listen from beginning to end. That's the best way to do it. Feels yeah, the best. Don't offend me. All right, here's what happened in today's episode. So we start out by talking about signs of aging. Oh, yeah. Sounds that you make when you sit down and get up, for example. <clears throat> then we talked about humbling sport experiences. You know, uh, sports and competitions, great way to check your ego. Hmm. We share some stories about how our egos were so checked. So much sports ball. Really hard. Then we talked about Uber and Lyft possibly leaving California. Good job, California. Yeah, you're doing great. Keep driving people out. Then we talked about working at home and what that's going to look like in the future after COVID, if there is an after COVID. feels like there's not going to be one. Don't say that, Sal. I know. Then we talked about Robinhood, a company that allows you to buy fractional stock. Um, then we mentioned public goods. This company is one that we're working with. They provide eco-friendly uh, products, cleaning products, uh, shampoo, deodorants, Food. soaps, Food with minimal ingredients, so minimal chemicals, eco-friendly, super, super good price, incredibly good price stuff. And for Mind Pump listeners, you get the most incredible offer we've ever had with a partner. This is no joke. Here's what you can do. If you go to publicgoods.com forward slash Mind Pump or use the code Mind Pump at checkout, here's what you get. $15 off your first public goods order. You know what that means? That means you can get $15 worth of free stuff. Never, never have to buy anything again. That's how uh, that's how confident they are in their products. You literally go on there and get some free stuff. Go check them out. Then we talked about uh, my wife being a furnace. She's in her third trimester, generating a lot of heat. She's not just hot. She's also producing heat. Irradiating. That's for you, babe. Uh, now, one wow. thing that has solved this problem is the chili pad. Now, this is a pad that goes on top of your bed. It's water-cooled, and you can either make your bed cool or you can warm it up, and there's two sides to it. So if your partner likes a different temperature than you do, then you can switch them up. This company's phenomenal. We've worked with them in the past. Uh, they sell out because they're so popular. But we do have a discount. we got a great discount, in fact, for Mind Pump listeners. Just go to chilitechnology.com forward slash Mind Pump. That's C-H-I-L-I technology.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code on the page and get 15 to 25% off their products. Then I talked about a the, the a mishap with naming a beer in New Zealand. And then we talked about how our family is so excited about our new MAPS suspension program. This is a whole workout program, by the way, utilizing just suspension trainers. So it's extremely versatile. Uh, it's good for beginners all the way to advance. It's fully programmed. It's got the videos in there, everything you need. Uh, I'll mention it again later in this intro, but if you want to just go check it out now, go to mapssuspension.com. And then if you want to buy it, uh, use the code SUSPENSION20, SUSPENSION20 for $20 off. So that's the first 38 minutes. Then we answered some fitness questions. Here's the first one. 
Some this, fisters. <laughs> not good. Yeah. Uh, this guy wants to know what the physical and mental signs are of overtraining. The next question, this person wants to know if walking counts as cardio. The third question, this person is trying to improve their posture and would like some advice. And the final question, this is a debate between a wife and husband. And the wife is asking, look, is it better to eat a whole bunch of brownies at once or spread them out throughout the week? The answer to that probably won't surprise you. Spread them south. That's right. <laughs> wow. Uh, also, this month, I mentioned it earlier, brand new program, MAPS Suspension. So suspension trainers can hook in your doorway. They can hook over a bar. You can do it outside, over a tree, a goalpost. You get exceptional full-body workouts. This is a fully programmed workout that uses only suspension trainers. It trains your entire body. Now, the benefits of suspension training besides building muscle, burning body fat, you get incredible core stability and development and automatic mobility work. Suspension trainers, the way they work is they automatically force your body to improve its stability and mobility. This is an excellent, excellent training modality. If all you've ever done is train with weights, go through a cycle of MAP suspension. Watch what happens when you go back to the weights. You'll be more stable and you'll be stronger. And because it's a brand new program, it's $20 off. Here's what you got to do to sign up. Go to mapssuspension.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-U-S-P-E-N-S-I-O-N.com. And then use the code SUSPENSION20. That's SUSPENSION20 with no space. I feel like Adam's singing voice is one frequency. Yeah. He can't go above or below. It's one. I can't. Yeah. yeah. It's always the same one. Do it again. It's mono. That's it. Now watch. <laughs> watch this. Go higher. Uh, See how it kind of breaks? <laughs> go lower. Yeah. Ooh. It's same. Still, yeah. <laughs> Still the same vibration. Same, yeah. same yeah. as before. Yeah. One thing yeah, about Adam got, is he's consistent. Hey, I tell you. That, you got to love it. It's a... Um, I mean, I definitely think it's a genetic thing, right? Like, it, there's no musical talent in my family at all. I don't have, like, like you know, everybody really? has, like, a cousin or an uncle or somebody. Your mom doesn't play piano or nothing? Fucking nothing. There's uh, nobody in my family that plays an instrument. I wouldn't say. All the way up the tree. I don't think it's musical talent, although I do think there's genetics for that, too. But you have a good ear for sound and music. You really do. Okay. But you just can't produce can't apply anything. it. Yeah, you can't yeah. produce anything that sounds. Anything like it. No. Anything that sounds not bad yeah. with your face. <laughs> that's all it is. But you, you but know you what it do, is? It's these big ass cheeks. That's uh, <laughs> what's holding me back. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not giving you that, face and see how I can, that no. range, that octave range. Hey, your boy, dude, he's getting them cheeks. He's got the cheeks. I love it. He's got the cheeks, man. It's all so right. cute. Poor guy. It's the. It's not poor, dude. Oh man, it didn't hurt you. That's did the, it? the uh, Schaefer trait, man. Yeah, I made up for all the other things. I got no, good, I got good personality. You got great. Per- and look at this. <laughs> look at it this way, bro. Face. And look at this way. You're getting old as hell but you don't look old as hell. Yeah, if I shaved the beard, I definitely look like I'm 12. So. That, yeah. That's a good thing. That's finally working to my advantage. You know, I don't But then ha- they see how I move and they're like, oh, he can't be fucking 20. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, because as you age, your face gets leaner and yeah. more chiseled. Yeah. So oh. here are all those cracks and pops. Yeah, I yeah. got no room. So it's like, I just keep looking more gaunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the, give that guy a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> I need cheek fillers. Can I use yours? Yeah, yeah. I got plenty to spare. Dude, dude the, the other old man trait is just <clears throat> making noises. What's up with that? Oh, yeah. Every time you go to get up out of bed now, it's just, uh, you know, tying your shoes. It was a thing I used to make fun of uh, my dad for. Yeah. We'd get in the car. As soon as he'd sit down, he'd do. Yeah. I'd be like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Uh, What am I doing? I'm not doing it. He didn't notice. I never understood why it would take so long before we could actually play a game of basketball. 
Like he would just put asper cream on every <laughs> joint, even like his fingers. Just, you know, just oh, just lube his whole body up before we finally get going. I'm like, Dad, we're we're ready. I'm already over this. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. So my dad, he was. He, oh my gosh, dude, he's literally the stiffest human being on earth. You call him. We we his nickname is like wood, piece of wood. When he would get massages in my studio, because I had this really good massage therapist who could just. She could really get in there. Mm. She'd come out and she used to tell me when Exhausted. I she'd be like, when I schedule a session with your dad, I have to take a two or three hour break because mm. she's he, like, he needs a new nickname though. Wood? Really? Yeah, no, yeah, it's kind of yeah. where yeah, wood? Yeah. Yeah, he's like a piece Stone. of wood. Yeah. It, okay, you know why? In Italian it doesn't sound like in English. Okay, okay that's it cool. doesn't mean a boner in Italian. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it just, literally means wood. Yeah. But she'd say, like, I dig into him and it's like he's made out of bone. The whole thing is made out of whatever. Yeah. But when he would come to jujitsu, this was funny. When I did jujitsu as an as an adult, my dad would be I think he'd be like fifty. So he wasn't like super old, but definitely not young and spry. And he has a judo background. Remember, he competed at a pretty high level when he was a kid. But he was stiff, but he's strong as shit. Yeah. So he would grab onto somebody, and they used to laugh. They'd be like, "Dude, your dad's like Iron Man. Why can't oh, I can't that old man strength?" So one time he went against uh, a Pan Am uh, champion, and the Pan Am champion got a uh, uh, my dad got a grip on his gi, and the guy was doing all these these uh, grip breaking techniques to try and get my dad's hand off. He ended up ripping his gi. Instead, do you know how thick those geese are? <laughs> oh yeah. Did you see? Did you see our buddy speaking of jujitsu? Did you see our buddy Juju uh, doing it? N- no. Is he com- is he doing jujitsu? Yeah. He just so he did it the other day. He's, so I saw him with like a big guy. He's got a, uh, his last post. If you go on his page right now. Yeah. Oh, he's just gonna get handled. Look at look at the little guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Look, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah he just out. climbs up his, his back. That has to be one of the most humbling slips sports, it in. right? Okay. Golf yeah. is humbling too. That's one. Of, that's a top. Like if you had to name the top three humbling, most humbling sports. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu's got to be one of them. Jiu-jitsu is if you want to if you want to work on yeah. your ego. You either it, know it or you don't. You, that's yeah. it. It's not like, you know, when you're when you're throwing punches, you get a lucky punch. Sure. There's no lucky like submission or position. No. You, have, you have to It's like you're going in the water and you don't know how to swim, so you're screwed. It was very humbling for me. I, I mean, I had a remember I had a judo background, so I wasn't a complete beginner. I went in uh, I think I was in my early 20s and I was at the time I was pretty big. I was like 215, 220. And they, the guy that I rolled with the first time, his name is Noman, good friend of mine. He was a high-level purple belt. He competed in Pan Ams. He was like 150 pounds, not a strong 150. He wasn't like Doug. Like Doug's a strong 150. This dude was like a like a Gumby 150, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just at least I'll hold him off, or if I get hold a hold of his like arm, a, like a lawn chair, yeah, like lo- his, long limbs and everything. Yeah, he was just a normal dude, normal sized dude. I thought, oh, if I grab his arm or whatever, you know, and I know a little bit, so we, you know, shake hands or whatever, and I grab his legs and I flip him upside down, and dude, he he tapped me out so many times in five minutes, and I used so much energy and strength. The first time I went half strength, yeah, because I thought, oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt him, you know. <laughs> after that, <laughs> I'm gonna I was go like, easy on him. Oh, dude, after that, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna unleash the gorilla on you. Anyway, he's tapped me. I went outside, I puked in the bushes, and signed up on yeah. the spot. <laughs> yeah. It's a total ego check. That, you cannot you, go in there. Yeah, and you have try. like one or two reactions, I'm sure, from that. Is like, I'm never coming back I for do, I'm, oh, I got to learn this. That humbling story reminds me of uh, the first time we I, I joined a softball league over here. Did I ever tell you guys this story? No. no. So, a bunch of my buddies that uh, we went to, we all went to school together, all ex athletes, you know, but all older now. We're, we're in our, we're at this point, I think we're like late 20s, some of us in our 30s. And uh, decide we're going to join a softball league, and it's over in the Bay Area. <clears throat> I've yet to play in a softball league over here. I've done like little things back when I grew up in the Valley in small town and played. 
And it's so big in the Bay Area that there's all kinds of leagues and there's and for every league there's like five different levels. And so, you know, my buddy and I are like, we're reading up on, you know, what level. I'm like, well, all of us are extremely competitive. So we're like, and we all some some of the guys played baseball before. Sure. So we're like We're athletes. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So exactly. That's we know what we're doing. That's the thought process. And we're like, well, we've never done this before, so maybe not do the the top one, but let's do the the second. There's like five, right? So and then they were like A, B, C, D, like the so You went yeah. from second you went second to top. Yeah, second to top, because we're like, well, we're not sure like how good the top top guys are. But and so we get together our very first I'll never forget this because it was hilarious. We're all in it, we all huddle up. I'm like, listen, we don't want to get kicked out of this league because we're too good. So, <laughs> so, so you guys just base hits. Don't yeah, just don't, yeah. don't be swinging for the fence all the time. Take conservative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't show off. Brought to the first inning, it was like 15 to zero. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone walks in. I've played hey, one of those. Hey, before. if there's anybody not playing yet, we could fucking start playing now. <laughs> was like, no, dude, I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> they were just whooping. Oh, we got cru- crushed. And then we ran back the second. We like maybe it was just this like is a, like an underhand toss. Oh right? yeah, yeah, just basic ass softball, yeah. right? But I mean, in the Bay Area, you get all these these kids that are in college playing ball, and it's their off season, and they all they're all a team already, right? And then they join the league and for fun, and they play, and it's like, oh, everybody's very very good, and and we just got we ended up having like I think we got like four or five games in. And we actually went to the league and said, "Hey, we need to drop down a couple levels, dude." That happened to us when we signed up for a basketball league. It was the same thing because you get all these college players that like are in the off season yeah, and yeah. come in and just like we we're just getting dunked on left and right. And we're and of course I'm there with my buddies that we you know from high school and we thought we were like hot shit, you know, and just got <laughs> oh, destroyed. Bro. So humble. Those are good lessons. You know, when, it was. It was. Yeah. It was a very good lesson. One time I held uh, a kicking pad or whatever for a female. Uh, kickboxer, Muay Thai <laughs> kickboxer. Yeah, and I was in a class. I've, I did a little bit of Muay Thai, nothing, nothing to brag about at all. I think I did a few months or whatever. And there was, you know, this girl was instructing or whatever, and so she was teaching me how to kick. And so I held the pads, and I, you know, I held it against my leg and lower yeah, body. Yeah. And uh, she's like, "I'm just gonna kick. Like, I'm not gonna kick it super hard, but just to kind of show you or whatever." Uh-huh. So she wasn't even like. And she kicked it, and she, this girl was like 130 pounds, dude. Yeah. She give you a Charlie horse. Ka-doosh! And I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I was like, "If you hit me without the pad, he would have killed me." Oh yeah, very humbling. But I recommend every guy out there. This is why I think even Rogan recommends this. Every guy needs to get in a fight uh, once or twice in his life. I don't mean on the streets. You could do that too, but that's not a good idea. But go to like a yeah. boxing gym or a jujitsu school or a wrestling. Go do some wrestling. Because it'll it'll it's so good for your ego. Yeah, it's such a good experience. You know? Well, I was trying to like we were talking about this. I was thinking of what else is like that. Like if you have somebody who's an extremely skilled boxer, even I mean he'll dance circles around a normal person who thinks they're a fighter just because they yeah. fought in the street or whatever like that. But that's in the same weight class. If you are a two hundred twenty pound guy, I don't care if you're a pro boxer at one thirty or one forty. Like you, the guy who's the big dude still has a lot of advantage with reach and keeping you away. And I've I think I've shared experience where. I was boxing a little guy who was like a really good boxer, and just because of my length, I could keep him at distance, right? And I'm much bigger. Yeah, you can't, it's hard to do that with wrestling. But, or but with jujitsu, though, it's I mean that's like one of the the only thing I can think of that's the ultimate equalizer. I Dude, mean, you can I, see like that example of Juji. I mean, Juji's a 
fucking shredded, strong beast. Yeah. You know, probably, what, is he 220 or so? And he's look like he's rolling around with some 135-pound kid who yeah. taps him out. These are like, like specialized minute. skills, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we even had that in football where we do like one-on-one hitting drills. And the biggest guy that we got is like a new recruit that actually was a boxer in Chicago, came in. We we're like all kind of scared of this guy, right? And he goes to hit, doesn't really know, uh, you know, the specifically the technique. Yeah. And so just getting the leverage and the snap and the power and everything all to happen at once, like he got flat back, just yeah, <laughs> cracked. Yeah, I've seen, uh, I saw a man, a grown man get put to sleep by a woman in jujitsu. That was hu- hilarious. He never came back. He couldn't handle the, the he, he, he felt too embarrassed. That was his own fault. He was going real hard on her and. She's like, hey, try not to pull me off the mat or whatever. He wasn't listening, so she put him to sleep. And uh, and, and <laughs> we were all like, whoa. But, you know, here's a cool thing. When I did it, you had uh, ex-cons in there and cops and then regular people. And everybody was super cool and respectful to each other because you, you got to leave your ego out uh, outside the studio. When you get in there, you're all rolling together. And I remember there was this one cop who comes in who he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, uh, this is cool, but you know, I do kempo, and I, I, you know, I would, I would gouge your eyes out. Like, there's nothing you could do about it. Like, <laughs> if you got me on the ground, I would just poke it, pull out your eyeball, and then you wouldn't be able to do that anymore. So one of the, so he got in a debate with one of the other instructors, and it was cool. It was a cool debate, and he goes, "Tell you what, let's grapple." And if you have an opportunity just to yeah. touch my eye, yeah. do it, and then we'll know that you could poke. <laughs> I know the five finger death. Punch. Yeah, and instead, what happened is the the instructor mounted him and was tapping on the other guy's eyeballs. <laughs> He's just time. tapping on him. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Oh man. You know what I'm yeah. So anyway, dude. dude, you guys hearing what's happening with uh with the uh, Uber and Lyft? And oh all the my god, you brought. So this was in my notes to bring up today too. Like, it looks like they they are going to pull out of California. Yeah. So live out, 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 out of protest. Stupid. Yeah. It's they did not even want this. Like, so it got mandated that they turn all these independent contractors as employees, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm so, correct. so I, and here's, I'm not, I don't, I'm not as deep as you are in the politics. And this reeks of, you know, some, some sort of other agenda. Yeah. Like if, if, because the, the Uber people don't even want it. Mm-hmm. If you work for them, this fucks they, yeah, you. They, they actually, don't even want it. They actually did a, uh, they've done polls and they found that a majority of Uber drivers uh, either have health insurance from their spouse, like the fact that they're contractors and they have that flexibility. Yes. And don't want this to change because It'll they know drive it, prices up. And, it, and they know that they'll lose their jobs. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening right now. It's a good, uh, this is a good example of uh, policies with good intentions that are not based off of. Are yeah, they though? I feel like, like I said, I feel like there's an underlining agenda going on. Right I now. think the people that most people that support it, like most voters, have good intentions. Because when you present it like this, like, hey, Uber drivers deserve to have benefits, vacation pay, yeah. benefits, health care, and we need to make a law that way that we can guarantee them that. Like most people who aren't aware of the consequences of what that is. That sounds good, like absolutely, but you can't just pass a law and grant these things without there being some some severe uh, side effects. And one of the side effects is mass layoffs, not co- not competitive, and uh, and now Uber and Lyft. It's are, just are so weird to, to me because by definition they don't align. We we really have one choice: either you're an employee or you're a contractor, right? Those are your only two choices. 
And by definition, they use their own car, they set their own schedule, they, they come and go as they please. It has everything, it lines perfectly with a contractor, and it has nothing in common with an employee. The only way that they, the grounds that they're trying to make this on is that uh, Uber relies on uh, like 80 or 90% of their revenue relies on these people driving cars for them. Therefore, it's they should be employees. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the argument that they're, they're I, making. I think it's that's what stupid it, to me. Well, what it is is <clears throat> it is my opinion. Okay. Uh, by the way, this affects more than just Uber. Uber, Lyft. Uh, there's Uber Eats. There's uh, is this Door happening? Dash. Is this happening to DoorDash? And, yes. all, and Grubhub and all these other. Yeah, because all of those all, all the of, gig economy people. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the gig economy. The reason why it exploded is because if it's this this is part of it. It's. The flexibility of the workers saying, hey, I already have a job. I'd like to add some extra income. I like the fact that I can choose to work whenever I want. Yeah. It's very mobile. And and what ends up happening is they outcompete traditional uh, businesses and services. So a good example, and this, this really isn't much news, but like the taxi companies really got crushed by companies like Uber because Uber just out-competed them. Mm-hmm. So you have taxi companies, you have other companies that probably lobbied and said, hey, let's find a way to maneuver with the law to help us right. compete against uh, this gig economy. Make us competitive by like stopping them from you know going so far ahead. Yeah, and at the end of the day, uh, who will pay for it is the consumer. So every time you order food or pay for Uber or whatever, you're going to pay more uh, to try to get the service if it still uh, indeed will exist uh, at the time. It's so frustrating because, I mean, I was actually talking to a few of these Uber drivers about this, and this is before it all, you know, was coming down, and and they were just compl- – they're like, we didn't even ask for this. Like, this is just something that's being – a policy that's being enacted, but, you know, none of these uh, drivers wanted this to happen. So, and, and now you see they're potentially moving out of the, the entire state. So, uh, the consumer is affected. Like, we don't have that uh, availability anymore. What's that going to look like? Yeah. It sucks. And I, 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 love the, I loved Uber. When it, you know, I love Uber. Yeah, it's Lyft. the best. I love all these, these services. We'll see what happens because maybe them threatening to leave uh, or saying we can't do maybe that'll generate yeah. enough. Uh, power, you know, I guess voting power. Like, I mean, I don't want to get too like angry about, it, but like, there's just so many factors and so many business and people leaving this state. Are people gonna like, like, wake up and see these policies? Like, what it's doing? It's literally driving everybody out of here. Well, the biggest thing too is that uh, so many people are working from home now that a lot of people are, are, I've talked to many people who are leaving because they're like, well, I have no reason to stay because I can work from home. I'm going to go somewhere that costs less and that I like better. Did mm-hmm. you see what happened to REI? No. Oh, so REI was building this massive eight-acre you know, campus mm. you know, similar to like for their headquarters. It's massive, and it was sick, like fire pits and, and rooftop terraces and all this like cool shit, and they like literally just finished it, and they're selling it. Because because everything's flipped on its head right now because of yeah. coronavirus. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Because now employees aren't coming into work and so many people are, are are working from home. They expected for revenue to be down, and so they're completely selling and pivoting from that whole idea. After I can't imagine how big of a project that you know was. what's interesting. That's crazy. I was thinking about this the other day. So we, for a long time now, we've had the capability to uh, work uh, remotely and mm-hmm. effectively. We really have, right? And I thought personally. When I saw that technology allowed for video conferencing and 
you know, working from home, I'm only working on my computer anyway. So it's not like you do a job where you have to be there necessarily. I thought to myself, why isn't this more popular? Why aren't companies already doing this? It'll save time, save money. I think employees will will, will uh, like it more because they're at home, maybe increases flexibility with their their kids as long as they re- remain productive. Companies save money on having to pay rent for these big facilities. But it never really happened that much. Some Some of it did, but it never really took. And I thought to myself, I bet you a lot of that was because we were stuck in old tradition. Mm-hmm. This what's happening right now may be the the signal that pushes it in the direction it probably should have gone. Do you yeah, think well, so? they're already talking about a four day work week. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's big talk right now. Yeah, it's big on like all fronts. Like they're they're, they're trying to move in that direction where uh, it was like thirty something hours that that they're that they were gonna like delegate to you know each week and and that was like going to be across the board for all these corporations. We're now going to start trying to adopt it at least. Now, so. can you foresee any unintended consequences that could happen from? Doing this from going having everybody work from home. I mean, I could think of something. I yeah, could think, I definitely think. Imagine the challenge, okay, as a CEO to uh, establish culture. Right, that that, uh, is, that is a challenge. I mean, it, we you guys see how hard it is right now, probably for your kids and schooling virtually, and how different that is, and and mm-hmm. and the, the the challenges that you guys and why that's frustrating. Well, why would it be any different with with adults that were are supposed to normally work in a a, a cohesive work environment that are now all separated from each other and in a world right now where we're, we're being less and less personal you're going to push in that direction even further i would think it would be really challenging to build a culture now maybe you have a really strong culture you've been around for 20 years and then this is a little bit easier because you probably have some things in place and then you just try and think of oh how do we create this mm-hmm. virtually now yeah but if you're a company that's just kind of starting and you're growing right now be really difficult to build culture like that. I I, I can mm. definitely see that. I, I think of a few ways around that. Like maybe when you're doing uh, deep projects that require you to work with other people, maybe the small group meets somewhere and does that. I think you could also schedule, you know, <clears throat> team building or once a quarter or whatever, or once a month meetings where people get together. Yeah, I feel like you could you might be able to get around that, but look I, at the I, other. You know, I, this is this has been on my mind a lot, right? So we're about, we're about to roll something out uh, for us because this, I've been thinking about this so much, and I've I've felt it in the last, I don't know, I'd say last thirty days or so. Uh, you know, Katrina and I have been up late talking about this, and I'm like, you know. One of the things I'm really struggling with is that in the past, <clears throat> a lot of the success that I've had in business is that I was really good at getting the most out of my team, and that was because I was constantly, um, you know, always. You guys are around each other, yeah. Always, all always communicating with yes. daily, daily. And not all. It doesn't it has to always be business. It's a you know towards their values and and things that really make them move and go and. I was good at always moving that needle for each person, and I just don't have that capability right now, and I've got to create some virtual version of it. So I'm about to do something with our staff to see if I can if I can do that and help you know, kind of build a better culture right now because I feel like it's getting away from us because we're not seeing our staff every single day. Yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's interesting because I think you're right uh, in terms of the human element. I think it's getting more like metric based, robotic, you know, the, the culture is going to be all about like your efficiency. And right. so like everything that, because it is highlighting the fact that we could be a lot more efficient in a shorter amount of time. And we're just wasting a bunch of time, uh, you know, before that by just dragging on the work week and dragging on these but, hours. But at the same time, uh, you know, now it's, it's sort of, I think be, the removal of everybody being able to communicate on a daily basis uh, is, is, is creating a, you know, 
know, I think there, there's going to be a wedge there in terms of like how people interact. Yeah, every change has uh, benefits and uh, detriments. There's, it's never 100% one way or the other. So it is going to be interesting to see the, what you're talking about, Adam, and you know, what you're backing up, Justin, is I think what a lot of people are worried about, mm-hmm. right? The worry that they're going to lose uh, something that I think a lot of people have identified as an important uh, you know, aspect of a, of a successful company. Mm-hmm. But who knows? You know, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe the productivity, the flexibility, uh, the the fact that a company now is more mobile. Think about that. Like not having a massive headquarters might make a company more flexible and nimble on its feet when they need to make changes. I don't know. And See, new I, I, I I think Justin brings up a good point. It reminds me of what Twenty Four Hour Fitness went through. I mean, I feel like this is going to be one of those things where. You know, it sounds like a really good idea because maybe the business will be more efficient. And maybe if you're a, a middle of the road type of company, as far as how you've established culture or on the bottom end, it might bring the bottom up a little bit. It might kind of level the playing field. But I think if you were like the high performers, if you were a company that that's why you were so successful, you know, like, like I think of like a Red Bull. I know uh, Rachel worked for Red Bull and I, I like to talk to her a lot about like what her experience was. And she talk about what an amazing company it was. And when I hear her talk about the things that she thinks is amazing as working for a company, it's not, oh, the benefits and they pay me this much money. It's the culture. Yeah, It's the way they interacted and what it was like working for the leader, leadership. And mm-hmm. so companies that I think that have done have figured that piece out really, really well, and it's a big reason why they've had a lot of success, those are the ones, they're going to get hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. but they're, they're a small percentage. Yeah. It's like what I remember what happened at 24 Hour Fitness when they tried to change comp plans and it's like, oh, there's, the, the really top performers actually got hurt because you, they had to change. No the more way incentive. They, yeah, they it, had they had to change the way they do things. I feel that's the same thing that will happen with something like this. I mean, that's not a bad uh, yeah. prediction at all. It also, I think it depends on the on the industry, right? Service industries like fitness, restaurants, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. I obviously you want people to be there. It's there's an environment that you have to create. Tech businesses where. You go to the office and you go to your cubicle right. and then you do your job. And then at lunch, maybe you yeah. talk to someone next to you, but there's not really that kind of Just culture. seeing everybody on the screen uh, makes a lot more sense yeah. in that environment. Right. Or, or maybe the creative side of, let's say a tech company has a, they, right, they have creative departments where they go into a, a boardroom and they s- sit down and work together and feed off each other. They could probably keep doing that because you, re- you need that. Mm. So it is going to be interesting. But look, every change has its detriments. Think about it. Here's a good, here's a silly example, but it's the one that popped in my head. You know, when, uh, when, when, when devices that made our lives easier were invented, let's say the washing machine, so you no longer have to scrub clothes outside, the benefit is you save time, it's way easier, um, it, it makes life a lot easier. What are the detriments potentially? Well, maybe you lose a little bit of meaning with what you're doing. Maybe you lose a little bit more pride because you're not sitting there scrubbing the clothes. Maybe easier life in general has its own detriments. Things get easier, but now... That's not always necessarily everything better because things are easier. Yeah. Who knows? But I do think that the technology and the capabilities have existed for a long time. I think companies have resisted, but now they're, that they're being forced, it's going to be interesting to see who stays this way and who goes back to the old way. I predict we're going to see a lot of companies stay this way. I really do. I think we're going to see a lot of companies move this direction because they have to and then stay that way because they see the efficiency and the... And the fact that, think about it this way, it is very attractive to a lot of employees. Yeah. Like if you're a parent or you know whatever, and you're like, I would rather work from home, I'll still be productive, but I'm close to the kid's school, some, and I can live anywhere. I don't have to live in this super expensive city because that's where you're located. I can live in this faraway 
suburb and get a bigger house and well i keep thinking about the mega companies like your apples and amazons and everybody else where they were looking at like really building and developing their campus to be more inclusive so their employees would live real close by they would all have the grocery store they all go to like you know movie theater and all that you know after this like i wonder if that whole plan and structure is going to change and alter a little bit or if they're going to do something different where maybe they look at like communities and neighborhoods in the area and they start planting people in those that that work so they're close by speaking of apple did you see what apple's uh moving to in October, they're doing, uh, they're launching their their bundle package. Oh, so they're gonna do like something similar to like you remember Comcast went to that yes. whole thing uh, where they bundled like your your phone service with your, your oh, cable really? service. Uh, so yeah, so Apple is gonna do everything from phone to Apple Apple Plus to Apple Music and make like a bunch. And so the rumor is it's gonna be really reasonable. It's supposed to be like five or six bucks a month. I don't know how close. It'll and be. and Apple's gonna release the new iPhone. And historically, it's a good idea to buy shares of Apple before that happens. Hmm. This might be a good buying opportunity for a company. Even what's their what is their shares though? It's like a million dollars. You get it. <laughs> They're going to launch another iPhone. Hey, like, you know, that? you can buy micro. Sh- I was just I was just going to bring that up. You you said that in a text that that Robinhood app allows you to buy quarter shares and yes, half shares, and that is uh, making the stock market do a lot of interesting things. Now is that okay? So you, that was either your cousin or whoever was yes. making you privy to that. Okay, so is is that something that's new and that's what he's attributing to some of the inflate the in, in inflated stock market that we see right now during these weird times or has that been going for uh, two years now or more no i don't think you could buy fractional shares uh, oh really that way before because robin hood's been around for a long time or at least longer than a year or two i know that yeah um i'm not super familiar but i'm reading about right i'm, I'm trying to pull it up right now yeah robin hood financial offers fractional shares so you could trade as stocks. Of, i know but as of when you know, because it only makes sense if they started doing that in the last three to six months that it would be affecting the market now. Otherwise, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Th- I don't know if it's a new thing, but I'm pretty sure Robinhood made it easy. Mm. You know, I think that they made it really easy for the for the average. Investor. I know, but your your cousin told you that that he thinks that that's part of the reason why we're seeing such a crazy. Because that that was the conversation, right? You were asking him like, "Can you explain what the fuck's going on right now?" It makes no sense. Bad news comes out, stock market goes up. Good news comes out, stock market goes up. <laughs> you know, yeah, it keeps going up. How's it so, keep going up? Yeah, why why we're in this weird so, time? So there's other companies doing this. Apparently, I'm just pulled up an article here, but it says here. Here's the article says. Uh, this is on TechCrunch. It says Robinhood lets you invest as little as one cent in any stock, mm. and so oh, you've got weird. so you've got a lot of these small time investors entering into the market, and that pisses off my cousins who are hardcore investors because they see all these these guys coming in or trying to, you know, and it changes the it changes the whole game now, right? And so yeah, I'll read what it says. It says one share of Amazon stock costs more than seventeen hundred dollars, locking out less wealthy investors. So to continue its quest to democratize stock trading. Robinhood is launching fractional share trading this week. This was last year. This lets you buy oh, wow, 0.00001 shares rounded to the nearest penny or just $1 of any stock with zero fee. Wow. Yes. So this is an interesting Man, thing. This is definitely crazy. a very, it, very and I think it's cool. Yeah. I think it's a really cool thing. No, why not? Why not allow somebody to, bu- to buy a, a one-tenth of one of those stocks? That's it, interesting. It is, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah. Now, I know that there was like Robinhood crashed a couple times and people were like, blocked out of trading and lost tons of money at one point we're complaining because it's a new i guess it's a relatively new service that's what i thought i heard but Mm. speaking of companies our new partner public goods there's a lot of articles being written about them right now oh Oh, yeah yeah so fast company uh great 
site for you know new oh, I read fast news. company all the time the, this was they did this last month and it, the title of the article says public goods is a great alternative to Amazon for eco-friendly cleaning products and toiletries and it says that their $59 annual membership fee gets you low-priced clean personal care items ethically sourced household goods and organic foods and it's you know it was uh, it was launched in 2016 but apparently it's it's crushing right now because you're able to get, you know, healthy, affordable, high-quality products shipped directly to you, but you get them at really, really good prices. Which normally those types of products, yeah, you know, if you want eco-friendly, you want, you know, or you know, Organic, really, well, they charge premiums for them, like typically. Yeah, really, really good prices, like super good prices. And they listed some of their some of their best price items. For example. The reusable beeswax-coated cotton food storage wraps, which are great, right? So instead of plastic bags, yeah. use these wraps, $14. Compostable trash bags, $5. Almond butter, $9. Tortilla chips, $4. Bamboo panty liners, $3. Pure air, uh, argan oil, $9.25. So it's making waves right now because they're able to, through the way that they organize their Well, company. I love the deal that they set up for us and our listeners, too. I think that's rad. Oh, yeah. Like, you, if you're not sure about it and you want to try a product You get them, free products. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you just a, go on there and get some free get stuff. It. Yeah. And you don't go have to it. sign up yeah. for anything, which is you know really exciting. Do yeah. you know how you guys, I told you guys, uh, Jessica now in the third trimester has become I, like the- Like, like yeah. A like all hot. Yeah. She's a furnace. Like literally now, I am hotter now just being next to her <laughs> in bed. That's just so radiates. funny. I remember when that happened with Katrina. It was such a weird uh, paradigm shift, you know, because it was. It's been a, for ten years of our relationship. It's been the battle, right? Turn it down. I mean, just the other night, man, I went down there and I could, I could feel when it goes one degree up. You know, I oh, come stomping down the stairs all the oh, time. Oh, dude, she used to literally. She used to put the thermostat in the low seventies when we'd go to bed. Now she puts it down to sixty five. That's yeah. a big. That's my number. Finally, that's a big yeah. difference. You know what has saved everything? <laughs> Chili pad. <clears throat> oh yeah, everything saves everything. Put that thing on freezing, honey. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're okay now. Chill out. Well, it's cool too if you have the split one where that's right. You could technically, if you're some. That's what I thought was one of the coolest things that they that's did. That's what I got. Yeah. And I'm so glad we're back with them. Uh, if you hadn't heard us talk about Chili in a while, like. Uh, you know, when, when COVID hit, it would just happen to be right when our, our renewal was. And of course, many companies were like, hold on before I commit to anything. We want to see how things are, are going. And things have been great for that company. It's, they're still killing it and, and doing really well. Yeah. So it's, it's a pad that goes on your bed underneath your sheets and it's yeah. water cooled and there's, there's independent. You can get it with, with two sides and you can literally warm up or cool down. Well, so I don't have any AC in my house too, and so and it doesn't typically get super hot except for maybe a couple weeks out of the year, and so I'm I'm never really like that concerned about it and keep my window open. But the last few weeks have been like scorching hot, and I so I, I pulled mine right back out. I kept it under my bed and then just put it on top again and got it running, and it was a f- lifesaver. What I haven't done yet, and I want to do this because you guys, I think you guys both own this, and I don't. I don't have that that light, the clock light thing that you guys have. Oh, did you got to get that? Oh, so Man, what I want to do, well, what yeah, I want to do that. with it, because what I love about Chili is they have that in their app. You can set the temperature to warm up as it's time for you oh, to and wake you, up, and you naturally wake up. That's yes. what I'm saying. So yes. how cool would that be to do both? Sync them together. Yeah, and, and see, what, simulate the sun rising. I know because yeah. that's what the light does, right? That that alarm clock. No affiliation with us. It was just a. It was just such a game changer. You set the alarm clock, and instead of like shocking you out of sleep, 
it the glow of the light slowly brightens, mm-hmm. and you can put sound on it if you need that. I don't. I need nothing. Yeah. As the light starts to turn, I like up, the birds chirping. Yeah, I, it's it's bro, nice. I wake up like uh, like like I'm waking up naturally. Yeah, which is very. But yeah, you time it with the chili pad, so the chili pad will raise temperature with the the light turning on. Simulating the sun rising. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I you, want to do that. You don't wake up like like you're a zombie. You wake up like you ever go to you ever take a nap or go to bed, no alarm clock, just wake up on your own. Yeah, you wake up so much better. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it feels like, yeah. dude. I got a funny article I found uh, the other day uh, for you, uh, Justin. Oh yes, there was this bar uh, that came out with their own beer, mm-hmm. and I think it's in Australia. I want to say or maybe New Zealand, and they they named the beer. Um, uh, with a they used a, a Maori. Am I pronouncing that right? M A Maori. M- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, a Maori word, and they thought they would. Oh, this will be a cool name for a beer. Yeah. And the name was Huru, Huru, which means feather. So they thought, oh, you know, light as a feather, light on your tongue, whatever. But they didn't realize after they made this beer, they had to change the name because they also didn't realize that that's also slang for pubic hair in Maori. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a big Maori population mm, there, you know? Yeah. Some people are walking in and they're yeah. like, yeah, you want some... Yeah, guzzle some pubes. <laughs> yeah, would you like some pubic hair beer? <laughs> Delicious. Uh, it's so good. That's that's bad. Like, yeah. uh, It's funny when you get some of those names for products that just don't do well in other countries and things. And like, I remember when Chevy came out just with a Nova, and like <laughs> in Mexico, they're just like, yeah, we're not going to buy this. Yeah, doesn't that mean like broke down? It or doesn't it go. Means, it means it doesn't, no go. Yeah, no go. <laughs> It's no like, uh, no, yeah, we're not it's crazy how like, something like that could actually kill something completely. Isn't oh, that yeah. funny how marketing works? Like yeah. the car could be amazing, but just because the name is like that, it, it's going to kill a certain percentage. Yeah, of or it's offensive, you know, yeah. in another culture. Oh my God, the name makes so much, sometimes can make such an effect. Like haagen for example. haagen they made up. That's a made up word. Really? But to, yes, it's not a real. It's so hard to like say and, and pronounce because like, they wanted Hagen Dazs ice cream to come across as like this uh, like unique, you know, and different. Swedish, Dane. I don't know, uh, like European, pretentious, like, super high quality ice cream. It's like it, the Grey Poupon of ice cream. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was literally. It's got the umlaws. I think Dryers owns it. I don't remember who it was, and they're like, "How do we make one? Oh, let's name it." And they made it the word <laughs> Hagen Dazs. <laughs> Those sons of bitches <laughs> to sound like it's uh, you know something else. Anyway, dude, I read this interesting study that I thought was uh, pretty fascinating that uh, sometimes it's funny how things slip through the cracks uh, with, with studies and with scientists. So uh, women, when they're prescribed drugs, they suffer from uh, at a much higher rate than men from overdose or over-medication. They'll take a dose that they're supposed to, hmm. and it just doesn't affect them well. It's too much. Well, this is because most studies are done on young men. And so they established a safe, effective dose on these young men, and what they need to start doing is considering that women, typically lighter, smaller, and typically more sensitive to some of these drugs, huh. need to take a lower dose. Is this because uh, more like young men sign up for these sort of uh, uh, experiments and things? Because they're, you know, like back then, like for for guys, like I, I mean, I would risk things just for money, you know, like way more so than. Uh, you know, my counterpart. Yeah, who's who's more likely to read an ad, you know, somewhere that says, hey, you know, come, we'll pay you 50 bucks yeah. and give you lunch for a drug trial. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the side yeah. effects probably aren't stupid that bad. Men. Yeah. Men, yeah. Stupid yeah. men. Yeah. Stupid. Men in their 20s. You know what I mean? yeah, oh. That's a nice way of saying that young men are dumb. They're like, yeah. oh, 50 bucks plus free drugs? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a good time, you know what I mean? We'll anyway, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. anyway, that's, that stuff's uh, hilarious to me. Yeah. 
Man, I'm really excited about uh, the release of the suspension trainer. It's been a while. I always know when we release something that people are going to really like when like uh, certain family members and friends come out of the woodworks. Yeah. So I've gotten more. I've gotten more DMs, text messages, and calls from family and friends, which are the ones I tell you all the time that like don't listen to the show, don't really pay attention to the business. And every once in a while, so that's when I know like either our marketing team did a really good job, or we're addressing something that the mass population and not just our core audience is excited about. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you say who was it? Your aunt or someone? My was like- my stepbrother, my my cousin, my aunt, and even like uh, like Katrina and Cassie. Like they they uh, listen to the episode uh when we launched it the other day and they both added it to their library so i know i know when when people like that that are close to me that they start talking about it i know okay cool we did a yeah it's funny i was uh, experiencing the same thing but mainly from like uh, trainers and people like uh, in the fitness industry that have uh like a suspension trainer strap already and they're like oh wow you have a program for it where I actually can do it because most of them had it as like a just a tool that they had available right. to them but they're like oh cool i'm gonna totally you know buy that and get get into it. i was like oh wow interesting well suspension trainers were one of the first uh alternatives that were uh, like a legit alternative to uh, free weights it very there is almost nothing that i would say could you know, compete or give you like that kind of, and you can get really creative with programming with bands and body weight and do a really good job. Mm-hmm. But you know, suspension trainers offer the same versatility, the the variability and resistance, and uh, you can get phenomenal, ex- excellent yeah. results just from using them. And then the fact that you don't have to, I mean, they're so easy to and to uh, store and carry. And then of it's course, so right convenient. Now, and then right. of course, I think the demand right now is high for anything that keep that you could do at home and that's easy to find and buy right now you can't get dumbbells or barbells anywhere right oh now. yeah so and that's brings like me impossible. To, uh, i wanted to bring that up on the show because i have got a lot of message around that people don't realize that we actually have them now so we have them and we sell limited them limited supply make sure you yeah it yeah time. no it's of course everything's limited right i mean it's once it sells out then we'll have to reorder and who knows how long it'll take so you know get them when you can and when you buy the suspension trainer program for us from us right now you automatically will get an email sent to you for 50 percent off on the straps and the straps are straps are already cheaper than if you were to go through like a brand like TRX or whatever like that. So much better, much better deal for everybody. Just make sure you wait until you get the program. As soon as you get the program, you'll get an email falls right up with a 50% discount on it too. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I ifi.com and use a coupon code mind pump for 20% off at checkout. First question is from land three, Emma, what are the physical and mental signs of overtraining? This is a good question because if you're really uh, dedicated to working out, if you're really into it, if you're a fitness fanatic and you love it, it gets easy to ignore the signs of overtraining mm-hmm. until they get really, really loud. Okay, because if you love working out, you probably love the struggle, the pain, the sweat. Getting sore probably doesn't bother you. So when you, that gets worse and harder, it's like, oh, good, I'm just going to push harder. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. Just got to barrel through it. And so it's important to identify these signs and signals because what you don't want to do. Here's what overtraining can do. It can actually not only halt progress, but actually start to you uh, start to go backwards. Mm-hmm. I've I've done this to myself many times where I keep going, keep going, keep going. Not only 
did I stop progressing, but I started to go backwards in my strength and in my stamina. And, and once you get to that point, it's hard to come out of it. So some of the, here's some of the easiest signs for me, okay? Um, lingering uh, achiness and stiffness in my joints, that's a big one. Yep. So where you feel like strain, muscle strain, like the insertion point of my pec or my, you know, my brachioradialis muscle or, you know, areas like that where, you know, they kind of just, they don't seem to to get better. They're just kind of always lingering. And then I got to warm up more and stretch them more before my workouts. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. The other one is, and this one is, this one is pretty consistent with, for me at least, and for, for a lot of clients I've trained, uh, I start to get crappy sleep. I start to, I, I'm exhausted and tired, but I get that restless sleep where you, you wake up a lot throughout the night or you toss and turn and you can't just get into that deep sleep and then you wake up even more fatigued. That was a clear one for me. Sometimes I think this is actually harder for the advanced lifter. Sometimes I think that like to your point of, you know, you've been, you've, you've trained through soreness. You've trained through a tired day. You've trained through a day where you didn't get very much sleep and then you felt better after you trained. And so you've been conditioned to, you know, push through no days off. Right. I mean, that's a, 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 you know, popular hashtag and you see it on social media all the time. And so I, I think it's actually harder mm-hmm. for somebody who's advanced sometimes to read some of these signals because of that. I, I think, uh, you know, a subtle one that is hard to really catch for a lot of people is a, like a real hard plateau in your training where you, you're not progressing anymore. Or you may even see like you go into the gym and you were weaker this week than you were the week before. And some people just kind of chalk that up as, oh, it's I'm off today or it wasn't a good day or whatever. But that could also be a sign that you probably need to rest a little bit more or feed a little bit more or mm-hmm. pay attention to what your, your sleep is or pay attention to the volume of your training. Um, the other, the, the one for me that I, the, the, that I, the two that I like kind of watch the most is like when I'm, I, and I, cause I do it a lot still is overreaching. Uh, I did it a little bit, uh, today. I'm like, I'm, my low back is sore, way more sore than it, it should be. Why did you push too hard? Did you work out with someone? I worked out with Doug, dude. Was, <laughs> you worked out with the beast. Don't be fooled by that guy, dude. Doug, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's, he's the ever living. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I made the mistake of like, Doug's like, are you going to use the, the the platform? And I said, Doug, I'll just do whatever you're doing. You just- you, Oh, you, big <laughs> mistake, bro. Yeah, then all of a sudden he starts stacking the plates on. I'm like, oh, oh this snap. motherfucker today. Yeah. Right? So, just jumping right? up. So I can't, and after I commit, I can't back out and be like, oh, go ahead, take one of those off yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, so. You're the traitor. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? Can't do that, you know? yeah. So, yeah, no. So I'm paying, but that's just it, right? A, a classic example of I overtrained. I did not need to either lift as much weight as as Doug was doing for that, or as many reps as I was doing. I could have done maybe you know half of that and probably got just as good of a workout for myself. So those are the, the that's yeah. the first one, and then the other one is you, you said is the achy joints. When I was training uh, heavy and hard and and consistent, like you know five to seven days a week, every week. Uh, the first thing that would always t- let me know that I was tra- over training was my joints, my my knees, my elbows. You know, battling that stuff all the time. I felt like I was beginning to spend as much time trying to recover from that. You know, doing deep tissue massage, doing all these mobility drills and stuff because everything was aching. Putting myself back together just so I could go hammer to get in the gym. And really, if I just scaled back a bit on the volume or the intensity, I could really solve that. And a lot of times for advanced lifters, uh, it's because you're staying in a phase too long. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be you could be overtraining that way of training for too long of a period of time. And one of the best things you can do is just transition 
out of that and give your body a different signal. Well, also to tie in kind of what you guys both are saying, like all those factors for sure, but uh, energy and motivation uh, sort of like ties that all in together for me. And I pay attention to that in terms of what I'm bringing into each workout. And, and I never used to really care so much about that going into workouts because I was in that mentality of like, I'm going to do this by hell or high water, regardless of like how my body feels or, you know, whatever it is, it's like a mental discipline thing more than anything. And that would mask a lot of these signals that my body was telling me, you didn't get enough sleep, you overreach, you're too sore. Uh, you know, all these factors, you have joint pain, uh, you know, that all plays into uh, really realizing that um, you, you can you can get to a place where you charge up, you get more energy after you work out going into the next day. And I didn't really know that was a thing until I started to pull back the intensity and really scale that to find what the appropriate amount was specifically for me. Uh, and, and that just changed the game that changed the whole environment for me in terms of like, uh, you know, getting gains, but also like breaking through plateaus and then going, you know, even further than I've ever been before. Next question is from Terry Newyup 19. Does walking count as cardio or should I incorporate some steady state cardio like running and or hit? What will keep me healthy while maintaining the most lean mass? It's definitely not cardio. Yeah, mm. it's 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 activity. Uh, it keeps your cardiovascular system healthy, keeps your body healthy. It's the best form of activity uh, to do on a regular daily basis that would be closely related, more closely related to cardio. Uh, than other forms. I would say it's the best. Here's a couple reasons why. Number one, now running's not necessarily bad. The problem with running is nobody runs right. Uh, we, we, we don't grow up running. We, we tend to not run. And then all of a sudden as adults decide we're going to run for exercise. So technique is off and we don't know how to run properly and we overdo it and we hurt ourselves and it just becomes very inefficient and, and ineffective. But walking, we still do. We walk all the time. So having someone walk more usually isn't going to produce lots of problems. Great, great form of activity. It's great for health. It's my preferred form of activity for me and for a lot of the clients that I've trained in the past. Now, had you asked me this as an early trainer, I would have laughed and said, walking doesn't count as anything. It's a waste of time. Go do cardio. I know a lot better now. I know now the benefits of walking. And if the average person who just wanted to be lean, fit, strong, look good, if all they ever did was lift weights a couple days a week, did that effectively, and then walked every single day, made it a point to do a couple walks every single day, um, they would have all their ducks lined up. They would be pretty well off forever. Well, the, the thing is that what I, you have to take into consideration with cardio also is, is this something that you can maintain for the rest of your life? Because if you use cardio to you know, lean, lose body fat, which most people are using it for, right? Lose body fat, get lean, get the, get to the body type or the body look that you're trying to uh, accomplish, and you used it to get there. In order to keep that body, you're going to have to maintain that, right? You're going to have to keep that up or significantly adjust your calories, which a lot of people wouldn't know how to exactly do that if they start to eliminate. So, if you are going to use cardio as a tool like that. You want to be use it judiciously because you don't know if it's something that you're going to do for the rest of your life. Now, if you're someone who loves to run, I'm talking totally different to that person. If you enjoy running and there's it's meditative for you, it's 
you've you could consistently you could see yourself going for a jog, you know, three to four times a week for the rest of your life, and you really like it. Like I would never discourage somebody from doing that, but it's a lot easier to incorporate walking throughout the day. Uh, for people and clients. And so I've just had way more success mm-hmm. like speaking to step counts and saying, listen, okay, we've tracked to see where you're at right now. You want to lean out a little bit more. Looks like we're averaging 6,000 to 8,000 steps. Okay. Going forward now, I want you to get to 10,000 steps. And the way I want you to do that is you can either do it all in one, you know, 45 minute to an hour walk, or you can break it up in small 10, 20 minute walks after every meal throughout the day or when you start your day. And what I find with clients uh, that utilize walking like that to lean themselves out and get in shape, it's more sustainable. It's uh, something that they can continue to do forever, uh, probably because you can multitask while you're walking. I used to get on a treadmill and answer my emails and do things while I'm actually moving and burning calories. It's just more realistic to do it long term unless you're somebody that absolutely loves to do cardio. Yeah, I just think a lot of people feel they have to do it. They have to do jogging. They have to do running. They have to do that to be able to, you know, reduce their body fat. And I've, I've totally, there, there is a whole nother way you can approach this. And just like the steps, the step count, I I definitely lean a little bit more in that direction in terms of neat and and overall activity for the day. Uh, I, I look at it more from a, can I be more productive? Can I be up and active and, and cleaning? Can I, can I do things? Uh, can I put things away? Can I get up and, and just make sure that I'm just constantly on the move? And you look and you see where that ends up at the end of the day. And it's, it's pretty crazy and eye opening, uh, you know, what that produces in comparison to just like this hour of running you've devoted, where you've literally just sat there like, you know, a hamster, uh, you know, staring at the wall, which to me is like, I, I just, I think that's like a slow death. I don't want to do that. So, you know, it, it's, it's all about your preference. Like you can definitely do it if you enjoy it and you like being outside running, jogging. I get that. But for me, I, I just want to make sure that like I'm contributing, I'm productive and I can wrap that all into uh, my overall activity for the day, which then helps keep my body fat at a certain amount. Next question is from fretted wheat. I'm trying to improve my posture, but find myself uncomfortable when I forcibly hold myself in a neutral position. Am I trying too hard? What are the best ways to improve posture? Okay, so posture, daily posture is not a conscious thing. Okay, so one of the one of the problems with people who say, I'm gonna fix my posture just by being mindful and trying to stand up straight all day long. What torture? Like imagine all day long thinking about, oh, got to fix my posture, got to fix my posture. Turns you like neurotic immediately. It does. Posture's natural. Okay, good posture happens naturally. The the point, the the key is getting to good posture that happens naturally. The way you do that is by strengthening the muscles that support good posture and helping to loosen the muscles that maybe are tight that are producing bad posture. Basically, you want to create an environment to where your posture is naturally good, so you don't have to think about it all the time. Here's the other problem with consciously thinking about fixing your posture. If you don't have a good connection to the muscles that are producing good posture, you're going to do so with compensations that can cause lots of problems. People who do this oftentimes have stiff necks by trying to stand up straight, not realizing that they're activating muscles that probably shouldn't be activated so strongly just because they have weak other muscles that should be doing most of the work. So, you want to have good posture naturally. 
You don't want to have good posture because you have to think about it all the time. It doesn't work that way. Well, that being said, I think there's some value in 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 recognizing when you're you know exaggerating poor posture. For example, um, I do this all the time. Uh, we we just uh, drove a you know three and a half hour drive uh, the other day, and you know I after about a half hour of driving, I mean I find myself like slouching more and more into the car, and the next thing I know, I feel my low back starting to kick in, and I you know I just pay attention, I realize how I'm sitting, and I just readjust myself. I sit all the way back up. I kind of prop my chest up. I normally will start to activate my core and squeeze my glutes a little bit and try and you know counter a little bit of the 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 bad behavior that I've been doing for the last hour and a half. So I do think there's some value. I mean, I used to do the same thing when uh, when I when I realized that I had excessive pronation on one of my one of my feet, right? So my foot would collapse in. You know, now becomes a habit that every time since I you know pee probably four to six times a day, every day at least. Uh, every time I'm standing uh, at the toilet and I'm peeing, I'm also rocking my feet, right? I'm paying, especially the one that is over pronated. So there's there's some value of. Um, in fact, I used to do this thing. I, used to, I mean, I, have never, I don't think I've ever done it on the on the show or on my Instagram. So maybe I'll share this. I used to do this little easy posture check uh, for clients, where I have them stand with their hands by their side. They come up, and then basically what it is what it is is it kind of helps put uh, people into correct posture. And then I would, you know, tell them to hold that position. How's that feel? And some people, it's like, oh my god, this is so hard to feel that. And I would tell them like, that's how far away we are from from getting you to where we need to be. So just getting them to be aware of where it's at and then conscious of the things that they're doing that is not helpful, but that's not enough to fix it to your point. So, I mean, that's, that's not going to fix your bad posture. Uh, you know, it's just going (laughs) to fucking make you tired all day long from activating those muscles. Like you're saying, you've got to do the corrective work inside the gym. And this is, you know, this is why uh, we did Prime. I mean, this is what Prime is all about because we know that, you know, 90% of our clients that we trained, this was a majority of the conversation. I don't care what your goal is, losing 30 pounds, building 20 pounds, getting great at your bench press, jumping higher, running faster. It doesn't matter. Everybody I train, regardless of what their goal was, I had to address posture. Mm-hmm. I had to help them with that just because we all have these habitual things that we do every day that uh, is not uh, advantageous for having a good good posture. And so we have to counter that inside the gym by strengthening certain ex- uh, uh, st- certain muscles and stretching others. And so a good trainer can take a client, assess their posture, see where those deficiencies lie, and then integrate exercises and movements in their workout routine and that they can do at home and outside of that, that will start to counter that bad posture. And that's why that's why I think that anybody listening right now, if you own any of our programs and you don't own Prime, I think it's ridiculous because that's exactly how I would train every single client, no matter what their goal is. That element is implemented into every single program that I've ever written. Yeah, I also think too. Like, I I totally agree. I don't want to be neurotic about it throughout the day and like try to like micro adjust and make sure I'm always like nice and you know neutral back position, everything supported all the time. Uh, but I do want to use that as a reminder to get back to uh, certain rituals that 
I have found it from doing those tests and from you know going through a lot of the mobility exercises that highlight deficiencies and highlight things that uh, if I don't address them constantly will start to create uh, tightnesses and then pains that I'm going to suffer from if I don't, uh, you know, put the work in. So, uh, there's, there's certain things I'm sitting all the time. I'm driving all the time and, and I have to be conscious that my foot tends to externally rotate. And now this, this keeps placing a lot of pressure up the kinetic chain. And so, you know, when it gets up to where it gets tight, it gets up to my hip, it gets up, you know, in certain places where I really feel if I have been neglecting, uh, you know, trying to counter that. And so, uh, I just I try to use that as as a reminder that I need to really put in place a few times a day where I I go through those specific mobility exercises to to, to strengthen and, and counteract that, but also then apply that to my workouts so we can then strengthen around the hole to pull your body back in optimal alignment. Next question is from Marissa Lift Repeat. Can you please settle this nutritional question my husband and I have had for years? Is it better health-wise to eat the whole pan of brownies in one sitting <laughs> or spread it out throughout the week? Now, first, wow. first before we answer this, let's I do, love this type of let's stuff. Let's guess. <laughs> Where, who, do we think the, that the wife is on the eat the brownies? No, on the, the husband is just like me. Crushes the whole you pan. Eat the whole thing. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking a, this is the reason why I keep stuff like that out of my house is I just don't have that self-discipline. Yeah. My yeah. Katrina... She can do this. She could bake brownies and we could eat off of them for like the next just month. Just little pieces. Just yes. Little. In fact, you know, it's funny. I have this client that she, every, this is tradition for her. She's done this her whole life. She's in her fifties and she eats for her her birthday month because she's not a big sweet eater. She's, her diet's in check. She looks phenomenal. Not just the week, the month. So the yeah. whole month she eats cupcake every single day, but it's a quarter of a cupcake. She eats these little cupcakes. She cuts them in fours, and every day she just what? has one little... That's Good like her, for her. Yo, it's great. And yeah. I, I don't tell her not to. I said, that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she has the ability to that's manage crazy. that and, and keep that in check. And honestly, uh, that is how, if if I was going to have a client eat it, you, you would much rather do that than to uh, over-consume in, in well, one sitting. On all levels, yeah. it is far less healthy. To eat the whole, to eat a bunch at once rather than spread it out on all levels. Physiologically, it's worse. Yeah. You're overloading your body probably with extra calories, tons of sugar hitting the body, tons of potential food intolerance issues. You know, these types of foods tend to bother people's guts. Mm -hmm. And if you push a lot of them, you're probably going to have those kind of issues which cause inflammation. But let's also talk about the psychological factor. Yeah. That's binging, right? That's mm -hmm. encouraging this relationship with food where. You overindulge all at once, and you don't have the ability to enjoy it a little bit, but then also back off a little and bit. And then you punish yourself about it later, like inevitably. Like So you go through it, you're mindless. You're not even really enjoying it as much as you're trying to get it in quickly uh, because uh, you know, you're know you just looking at it as an opportunity that's only right now for me to get all of this in. And it's, it's not even as enjoyable as like really paying attention to the taste, the flavor, you know, all of that. It's just about getting it in. Well, the truth is too it's important i think you have self-awareness on on why you have behaviors like that and and by no means am i pointing the finger here this is my to this day you know damn near 40 years old and i'm very aware of this behavior in myself and still 
struggle with it. Yeah. I mean, it's when you have things that are so deeply rooted that go all the way back to childhood, you yeah. know, just becoming aware of your shit doesn't just fix it. Doesn't all change stuff. it. Yeah, I still have to I still have to have this this conversation. Anytime stuff like that is in my house, I know my my behaviors. I know my habit when it comes to that, and I play my own mon- mental mind games of justification. Oh, I only you know I trained really hard today, and you know, yeah. so I start having this like you know debate with myself on why it's okay for me to do it, and it's so funny. But it's like so the the easier thing for me, or the best way that I control this, is I keep it out of the house. I mean, that's for me, that's just the better approach. Yeah, I would love to have it in there and have the discipline to do a quarter. And have I done that before? Sure, I've done it, but. I'm very susceptible to making up an excuse on why I think it's okay that I can smash the whole pan. This is all rooted in the, and for many people, it's rooted in the feeling that you're depriving yourself and restricting yourself. Yeah. And, you know, uh, every time you don't eat sweets. So then when you do have the sweets, now you switch to a different mentality, which is, well, I already broke the first rule, which is never to have Let it all in. So now let's just go for it. The reality, what you should do, and this is kind of part of the practice, it ain't easy, but this is part of the practice of developing a better relationship with this, is to to understand that you're choosing. You want to not eat it all the time. It is a choice. Here's the thing. If somebody forcibly takes something from you, uh, it's much more difficult than if you voluntarily give it up. This is a fact. This is a total fact. Mm-hmm. Try getting an, an alcoholic to quit drinking when they're not voluntarily choosing to do so, it's almost impossible. Even if they know it's good for them, they may even know in their mind, yeah, I probably should quit drinking, but that force feeling is what makes it a problem. So understand that when you choose not to eat these types of things, it's not because, ooh, I'm restricting myself and I'm, I need to really punish myself and push myself. It's, I don't want it. I don't want that. That's I, pref- I know it's going to taste good. You can acknowledge all that. Yeah, I know it tastes good. I know I enjoy eating it. It's all good. But I choose not to because actually these other things are more important to me right now. And then when you have it, you have this conversation. Yeah, I choose to have it right now. I know some of the doesn't have these qualities, but also has these other qualities. And that's also totally fine. And then, you know, what Justin talked about that binge, you know, uh, process. Next time you're caught, you catch yourself in that process of eating a lot of something. Uh, try to pay attention to this. This is a big one. Try to become aware of this. It isn't so much the food that you're tasting. It is the anticipation of the next bite. Mm. It's a very, this is a very unique and strange quality of that binge mentality. It's not about the bite that I'm enjoying. It's about getting the next one. It's the anticipation of getting that next bite, which is why when you binge eat or you have this 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 type of uh, you know uh, behavior, you tend to eat very quickly. Mm-hmm. You're not actually enjoying the brownies. You're waiting for the next one and the next one and the next one until it's all gone. And then you sit there and you're like, oh, what did I do? I, I think it's really important you unpack it because honestly, that has nothing to do with why I do this. And I know that. Um, yeah, yours, that, yours is, 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 is more unique, I would say. Yeah, well, I, who knows though? Maybe more ki- more people can relate to this. They just never have thought about it like this. Like when I grew up and we were five kids, you know, in a house and I didn't, and as a kid, right? So I'm not buying the groceries. Our parents are, you know, if we got a, you know, six pack of soda or we got a, a you know, a, 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 what is that? Not a, pi- a pint. What's of ice cream? Ice cream. Yeah. What is it coming? Oh, a, a gallon. Co- a gallon. No, it's not a gallon. It's like a quart. Or quart. Whatever. There you go. Yeah. Like a quart of ice cream or whatever. <laughs> a mile of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just use the wrong. Are we talking metric? Are we talking <laughs> yeah. standard? What are we doing here? 15 you know, minutes of ice cream? You know, this much, right? So, you know, you, you or, a, um, you know, a thing of Oreos. I mean, when you have five kids plus two adults that are 
getting and and for us it was a big deal right if if my parents spent outside of the things that we absolutely needed to get some of the the what you know junk food or the treats like that it was a big deal and you know and most boxes come with only eight to ten servings and like you know fruit roll-ups and weird shit like that so it was a race to get to it as as fast as you could and have as much of it as you can before somebody else did because you, you it might hit your house and you not get it a six pack of soda you might not get one you know what I'm saying <laughs> if yeah. someone decided to have two before you decided to have one you're asked out get it in real yeah. quick so you had to get, you had to get it in and I remember getting I remember this was a, a you know long battle for me as a kid growing up and then I remember becoming an adult and ha- I had my own place by the time I was 17 and had a job making my own money <laughs> I remember like for me I made the conscious Effort. I'm gonna fucking buy a whole court and eat all of it because I can. Yeah, <laughs> it had nothing to do with. Do well, I, think I used to fight healthy my dad. for me? Am I serving yeah. myself? No, it had everything to do with. I couldn't have it before. I can now. I make my own decision. I'm a dog. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So, yeah. and I still struggle with that today as an as a grown ass adult because I first went through all of it as a child. Then I went through my twenties of giving it to myself because I could and then justifying it because I trained hard, I worked out good, I didn't get fat from it. I, I balanced that out through playing sports and training and exercise. So this justification of I deserve this yeah. and I can do what I want. So that's the mental battle I have with it. Yeah, I was a little bit more of a treasure hunt for me growing up <laughs> because my dad would like hide them in different places and <laughs> yeah. cabinets and things and up on top of the refrigerator. And he thought that like, you know, I'm going to work, I'm going to come back. I'm gonna... And I would just start finding all of his treats that around the house and start eating them. And he gets so pissed off. But, uh, you know, that was just one of those things. That you, it was like you held it in such high regard because it was like why is he hiding it you know like ooh, this is tasty Dude, and like it, it just became a thing these things become hardwired isn't yes. that funny like yes. you, you, you the way you treat food in your house your children become hardwired to eat that way i mean when i was a kid and this is part of the my the, you know my, my parents culture the italian culture i mean they grew up very poor so you ate all your food uh because we don't know when the next time we're gonna have a meal like this or whatever right. and so when we go to and when i grew up i wasn't without right my parents were you know middle class my dad worked very hard to provide us with a middle class lifestyle so I, I have no experience growing up the way my dad did so i don't know what this is coming from or especially my grandparents I mean, my grandfather you know he eats if you give him a bowl of boiling hot pasta no joke right off the stove so hot you stick your finger in there it'll melt your skin off <laughs> my grandfather eats the whole thing in three bites. He uses a fork and a spoon at the same time and eats it all. And this is because when he was a kid, he'd go to work at the age of you know, 10, 11, 12, literally go on a train and disappear for, for days at a time, come back with some money to give his mom. And he would get hired by these farms and landowners. And food lines, huh? And what they would do is when they would feed the workers, they'd bring out a big, big, massive pot of boiling hot beans to feed everybody. And he's 12. He's working with a bunch of men. And if he didn't get in there and ate that boiling hot beans, by the time it cooled down, there'd be no food and he would starve. So he learned how to just inhale this hot ass food. This we, we, we joke with him and tell me his, his mouth is made of asbestos because he can just. Yeah. But I, you know, when we would eat at my grandma's house, we, me and my cousins, so there's like, you know, six of us, seven of us, a lot of us, we would all sit outside in the patio and my grandma would serve us the food and then she would come out. And she'd have money. This is no joke. Dude. This was a kid. It's a terrible, this is a terrible thing to tra- to teach a kid. But she would come out with money, and she'd say the first person to finish gets a dollar. 
So we'd be like, ah, you know, uh, <laughs> just training us shoveling to eat it super, so bad. super fast. You know what I mean? Or she'd put a timer. All yeah. right, when this is up, if you're not done, you're in trouble. Oh, uh, yeah. I got five seconds <laughs> left. Different times, man. I need to finish eating this. You know, so you, you end up developing these these you know these bad uh, eating habits. So, but yeah, this is something that you want to yeah. become aware unpack of it. and unpack it. And for me, it was paying attention to the fact that it wasn't about the food that was in my mouth. It was about the next one. I remember when that first hit me, and I, as I was eating, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not even enjoying what's in my fi- my mouth. Yeah. I'm just thinking about just the next one. trying to get it all. This is kind of stupid. Anyway, look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio. So if you want to come watch us as well as listen to us, come to YouTube. Also, you can find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam. And finally, we did mention our new program, Map Suspension, just released right now. You can go to mapsuspension.com, use the code SUSPENSION20, that's suspension, the number 20, uh, and get $20 off. This promotion is short-lived, will not last. It's a brand new launch. Go check it out. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.